Welcome to Three Chiefs on Imagination, a monthly series on imagination and the enterprise delivered by podcast. Each month, we choose a theme and have a roundtable discussion based on that theme. So just to get the conversation started here, I wanted to share a little tidbit about Gene Roddenberry. You guys are geeky enough, you might know this already. He really did know stuff about organizational structure, right, because of his background. So he was a police officer. Uh, He worked for the Los Angeles Police Department. Flew bomber missions in the Army Air Corps in World War II. And he was a commercial pilot after the war. So Star Trek actually draws on many of his experiences out in the world around the way people lead and follow, how they function, particularly under stress, and the dynamics inside of that kind of organizational structure. And I think this is fascinating as we get into the topic of the Enterprise. Hi, I'm Andrew Bast, and I'm Chief Strategy Officer. Hello, I'm Ross Thompson, and I'm Chief Creative Officer. Hello, I'm Ken Winnell, and I'm the Chief Technology Officer. Well, I love the idea of the journey of um, creativity, because creativity truly is a journey, right? I think we all agree there, Uh, because it's to go boldly go. We are boldly going into the unknown. We are challenging ourselves. We're discovering new ideas as we go and new, new thoughts, new thought processes. And that is really the exciting thing for me as a creative person is really to just go somewhere where I have never been before. That does not often sit well in the formulaic world of creative thinking. So this notion of us as a team, because the idea of Star Trek was a great team, right? Different skill sets, different cultures, different diversities all coming together, much like the Scotsman, you know, the engines kind of take any more, Captain, you know. So it's like, but there's all of us together on this ship that we're calling greater than one, really boldly going into this world of imagination. And I find that fascinating and exciting. Keep in mind, they had a five-year mission. So they had a framework, within that framework, it was to explore, seek out new worlds, new civilizations, boldly go where no... And I'm going, that is kind of giving you permission to explore, to do things, not to retread the same old common ground, the same old solar systems or galaxies or whatever they did, right? But to go out there and see what they can discover. That's the exciting part. That's where we actually get to use our imagination. That's where we get to fulfill our mission, much like they did. And I think that they had a technology edge to what they were doing. How often do we hear, you know, computer, right? And that was like asking questions and the computer would come back with all the information and provide that and they can make decisions based on it, which is very much the same type of paradigm that we see today. And it excites me because I look at it from a geek perspective and say, hey, I want to be out there and provide this same level of information and same paradigm of how we can collectively get information from data. It's, it's just getting ones and zeros doesn't help you, right? But looking at the pattern that those ones and zeros create and then be able to formulate an idea from that is what excites me. I do have one of my favorite Vulcan philosophy quotes, infinite diversity in infinite combinations. <laughs> that is just phenomenal, you know? Uh, diversity, more than anything, promotes innovation. Well, as, as the strategist in the group, I have to obviously chime in and say that I've 
I really warmed to Councillor Deanna Troy in the ah. next generation. Uh, well, you know, a lot of people did, but for for me, it's because she did explore the range of human emotions. And the one quote I have used this many times since: "It's not whether emotions are good or bad; it's what you do with them that make them positive or negative." And I'm going, that's brilliant because it actually opens up the whole range of human emotions and say it's okay to feel this whole range, but what do you do with it? That is on you. Uh, so I get excited about that. And yes, there's a, it's one of those uh, adages, right? Everything I learned, I learned from Star Trek. I certainly learned that one. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you know, I still think of the same thing over and over again is that, you know, the prime directive, right? Is that when you encounter a species that's less advanced than you are, you need to not disrupt the apple cart. You need to respect it and understand it and help them grow. Mm -hmm. Our job is not to come in there and say, rip this out and put something new in. Where our job is to say, hey, let's grow this and how do we do it together? And I think that's where, again, the use of technology and being able to actually connect all these dots is where the enterprise starts to really rear its head. It makes me crazy, but it's good. The one thing that I always come back to is that no matter what, Kirk always got the girl, right? Yeah. And if you think about that, it's kind of like, okay, he was, and, and you compare that to Picard, right? So you talk about the generational shift of how thought processes changed and how they morphed. Even back in the 60s, when Star Trek first appeared, that the whole concept was, hey, it's a wagon wheels, right? You're in the wagon, you're on this road, you're, you're pioneering new territory, but somewhere along the lines, romance flings, right? And it's become something. Well, you know what? For us, it's the love of what we do. That is important because really it was all about for the good, right? right. It's At the end the of the day, good. it was always for the greater good. And that was what was really heart-wrenching. I think about Star Trek is that they always did their best. Well, and they made it interesting and approachable, right? Yeah. The, the allegories that they, they were clearly inspired by, they put it into the fantastical, yet still allowed us to follow along and read into it. There's lessons to be learned in how do we take some of those allegories and create narratives that invite people in so that way they can take action. And the empathy. That was the other thing that really was resonated, great. was empathy. Right. And, and our ability to understand what patients are going through, and our ability to articulate that, that we understand them and we know what they feel, I think that gives us another edge in terms of using our imagination, is placing ourselves in the patient's shoes, as opposed to just saying, well, we'll get the HCPs, they know what the disease state is, they understand the mechanism of action. That's nice. And it's important to know, but at the same time, at the end of the day, is like you really want to understand what that patient's going through because the empathy that we have to project, as, as one of our colleagues would say, the warm hug that we want to wrap around them, right. lets them know that we are in their shoes and not trying to just pass them something. It takes me to the heart and the head because Captain Kirk was really letting off steam a lot of the time. Even yeah. Bowen's right. But there was also the logical side of uh, the Vulcan, right, that offset it. So you had the heart and the head always worked in tandem. One of the movies, Spock's consciousness was transferred to McCoy. And you saw McCoy struggling with that, the human side of it and the logical side of it. And I thought that was really well played out because I really thought that that kind of hit the head in terms of, hey, this is the struggle that people face. It's interesting how we still as humans make decisions with gut, with instinct, and then we try and post-rationalize it and put some logic on it. 
even when we say we are making a logical decision, yeah. it's amazing how much of our emotion gets factored into our decision making. I, I think gut instinct is lost in a lot of research because clients rely a lot on the findings of the thought process of one physician, for instance, and they, they can get hung up over it, I think. But it can kill a creative idea in a heartbeat just through the misinterpretation of a particular concept by a certain individual. And I think gut instinct is substituted in some sense. We've lost the sense of gut instinct, I think, in our industry. Well, we've transitioned from gut instinct into analysis paralysis, right? And so the challenge that pharmaceuticals or any biotech or anybody is facing today, and in fact, it's consumer products as well, it doesn't really matter, is that the amount of data that we are ingesting at any given time is now overwhelming. Three Chiefs on Imagination is a monthly series on imagination and the enterprise delivered by podcast. Each month, we choose a theme and have a roundtable discussion based on that theme. Three Chiefs on Imagination is hosted by Maureen Costello and produced by Greater Than One.